Good morning, and welcome to the Cyber Smart Morning News Update. With the always evolving world of cyber threats and defense, you need a source you can trust. FBI retired Special Agent Darren Mott guides you through today's intricate cyber landscape and brings you the latest headlines and insights and what it means to you. Let's dive into today's cyber news. Good morning, friends. Monday, October 23rd, 2023. This is the CyberSmart Morning News Update. I am your host, retired FBI Supervisory Special Agent and Cybercrime Subject Matter Expert, Darren Mott. And we have a lot of stories to get to, so I'm not going to waste a lot of time here up, up front. Probably have more articles than I have time to discuss, but you can certainly take the show notes or the links in the show notes and go read more about these articles. I'm just going to hit on the the headlines for them with a little opinion on kind of what it means for you and why you should care or be interested. So first is from cybernews.com, Justinus Vinalavikas, and I apologize to him, I am mispronouncing his name, but anyway, fake Amazon and Microsoft call centers busted. This is from the, hey, you love to hear it file. In a nationwide crackdown against cybercrime, Indian authorities raided 76 illegal call centers impersonating Amazon and Microsoft tech support. The operation called Chakra 2 was carried out by India's Central Bureau of Investigation, with help from Amazon and Microsoft, both companies confirmed in separate statements. The raids took place in multiple locations in at least 11 states, according to the CBI. It said that it confiscated 32 mobile phones, 48 laptops and hard disks, images of two servers, 33 SIM cards, and various pen drives. It does not say if anyone was arrested. Hopefully they weren't. Hopefully the um, cuffs were put on tight. This is the kind of uh, obviously scam that you've probably aware of. You've probably gotten phone calls that you knew were from them, but there's plenty of people, especially in our senior community, that doesn't realize it and fall scam to this. According to the FBI, call center fraud cost victims more than $1 billion in losses last year. Um, and obviously they overwhelmingly target the elderly. So over half the victims report were over 60 and accounted for 69% or $724 million in losses. So uh, this is good. Sadly, it's probably more of a drop in the bucket um, because I've gotten, re I've received 11 scam calls today, likely from similar areas within India. Um, it's unfortunate that this is kind of one of their main exports, but it is what it is. Fortunately, law enforcement is making efforts to try to stop it. But like with a lot of cybercrime, um, you are just kind of, you know, hitting what you can hit when you can find it. And that's good. But someone will rise up and take the place from Krebs on security. Uh, Brian Krebs obviously reporting hackers stole access tokens from Okta's support unit. Okta, a company that provides identity tools like multi-factor authentication and single sign-on to thousands of businesses, has suffered a security breach involving the compromise of its customer support unit, Krebs has learned. Okta said the incident affected a very small number of customers. However, it appears the hackers responsible had access to Okta's support platform for at least two weeks before the company fully contained the intrusion. Now, um... Well, first thing, very small number of customers. I hope that is the case. Chances are, as this as this goes further, we will, they will, you will find that there are more customers than a small number. And small number certainly is possibly a um, variable or a subjective kind of term. But, you know, this is unfortunate, but it goes to, to a larger point, right? Okta is a cybersecurity company. They were compromised. They had an issue. Likely, this is going to be some kind of social engineering um uh, event, whether we'll ever hear the actual post-mortem of how it happened, hard to say, but it goes to prove that if you are not taking cybersecurity seriously, especially if cybersecurity is not your main focus of your business, bad things are going to happen and could happen. So, you know, I'm, I'm trying to raise the awareness to that. I'm trying to come up with ways to help companies with that. Hopefully companies will let me help them, that kind of thing, or find someone else to help them. Um, but it's a problem that is certainly not going away. 
Um, and, you know, you would think uh, you'd like to hold Octanos better. But he, the next article goes to show that this is a huge problem across all industries, especially in cybersecurity. So this is from darkreading.com, Nate Nelson reporting. Critical SolarWinds remote um, code execution bug enables unauthorized network takeover. Now, you like to think that SolarWinds, after the incident they had a couple years ago, would be a little stronger on the cybersecurity front. But SolarWinds access controls contain five high and three critical severity security vulnerabilities that need to be patched yesterday. That's a great line right there. Eight newly discovered vulnerabilities in the SolarWinds Access Rights Manager tool, including three deemed to be of critical severity, severity rather, could open the door for attackers to gain the highest level of privilege. So fortunately, there no one it, there's no ends in there's no indication this has occurred. Herein lies the problem. Now that the vulnerability is known, and you know who else knows about the vulnerabilities? The bad guys now know about the vulnerabilities. They will, it will not be hard to figure out how to utilize that vulnerability and get access to entities that use SolarWinds. So if you are a SolarWinds user, which many companies of high profile, um, oh, who are of high profile, great sentence there, uh, are, you need to patch. Patch, like I said, patch yesterday, sadly. Companies will not, and we will see things. We, we will see. I'm predicting now that we'll see victimization of this these vulnerabilities because companies didn't patch them in the right amount of time. Mark my words, it's coming. From the hey, how about that file? The U.S. seizes sites that funnel money from North Korean IT workers for illicit activities. This is SC Magazine uh, reporting. Steve Zur, the reporter. The age-old problem of insider threats was brought to light on Wednesday when the United States seized 17 website domains that were allegedly used by North Korean information technology workers in a scheme to defraud U.S. and foreign businesses and ultimately fund the Democratic People's Republic of Korea government's weapons program. This is kind of how North Korea works. All their hackers... All right, do their thing to support the regime. So the week seizures follows the previously sealed October 22 and January 23 court authorized seizures of about 1.5 million of the revenue from the same group of IT workers collected from unwitting victims as a result of the scheme. So it's great that that happened. It's good that they've seized these websites. But again, you are whacking a mole and we're going to see more um more of these popping up. And here's a, there's a head, there's a, there's a bold part of this article says weakest security links. You want to guess what the weakest security links are? I gave you a second to think about it. Yeah, that'd be people. The United States still takes a very individualistic approach to security, securing nation state secrets, said Brad Hong, customer service lead at Horizon 3AI. Hong said, when protecting critical national infrastructure, call to action often gets pushed out to companies and citizens instead of a uniform stance of nation versus nation. Much like, a company security program, the U.S. government's weakest link, are still human actors. I don't need to go any further. You know where that is going to go, but that is certainly the case. But hey, one for the good guys, such that it is. Uh, again, another bug. Cisco finds a new zero-day bug, but it's a bad week for Cisco, frankly. Uh, but they pledge a patch in two days. So this is from darkreading.com. Becky Bracken reporting a patch for a max security zero-day bug tracked as CVE 2023-2198. It's coming soon. But the bug has already led to the compromise of tens of thousands of Cisco devices. And now there's a new unpatched threat. So Cisco said a patch for two actively exploited zero-day flaws in its IOX XE devices is scheduled to drop um, well, scheduled to drop on Sunday, October 22nd. The first Cisco zero-day bug tracked, which was the one I mentioned, was announced on October 16th, had a severity rating of 10. So it's been six days. Now there's a patch, which, I mean, it obviously takes a while to patch it. But the, sadly, they found another bug, which was previously unknown, has a new CVE number, 2020-20273. But 
its severity score is not a 10. It's only 7.2. But if you're using Cisco Pro Cisco routers, you need to patch it, figure out how to patch it. But people will not. Things will not. And we will see victimization of this. We've already seen victimization of the severity one, severe one. We will see more, more victimization going further. All right, from cyberscoop.com, you probably knew I would talk about this one because it happened over the weekend, but a coalition, this is called, this is uh, AJ Vicenz reporting, police seized the Ragnar locker leak site. A coalition of 16 law enforcement agencies collaborated to seize a site used by the criminal hacking group to extort its victims. Law enforcement agencies from more than a dozen countries seized a website used by the criminal hacking group known as Ragnar Locker uh, to leak stolen data and information, according to a message posted on the site's front page. The senior is the latest in a sting by global law enforcement agencies to take down the public-facing websites and infrastructure of ransomware groups. To the, ex the extent to which Thursday's operation, which was carried out by a coalition of law enforcement agencies that include the FBI, German police, and Japanese authorities, disrupted the ransomware operation is unclear. So... Okay, look, I'm not, I'm not, you can read more of this if you want. It's going to be the same kind of song and dance we always see with these. And this is from a former FBI guy, right? I mean, it's good. It's good that there's these kind of disruptions. The problem is they, like Dr. Chase Cunningham has said on his podcast, unless they, they launched a Tomahawk missile at it, it's just going to pop up somewhere else. So this may have a minimum, a, a, a temporary stoppage of this ransomware group's activities, but my guess is this is not the only server or website they were using. There are probably other dozens of others because they probably have redundancy. Um, my question is why 16, 16 entities to do this one thing. That's, that's kind of, that's interesting. I would be interested to hear from my brethren in the bureau who are still there. Why it took this much or maybe it's just, let's everybody get credit. So it sounds like we're doing something, but again, we're whacking them all here. Um, and the lasting impact of this seizure will be limited. It'll be, we'll talk about it for a couple of days, but there'll be a lot of LinkedIn posts about how awesome it is. Great job. Woohoo. All I can say is, Hey, how about that? All right. From bleepingcomputer.com, Bill Tolis reporting new Tetris fandom hackers steal data from secure USB drives on government systems. A new sophisticated threat tracked as Tetris phantom who comes up with these names. I mean, I've been saying that for 20 years, the names are crazy, but has been using compromised secure USB drives to target government systems in the Asia Pacific region. Secure USB drives store files in an encrypted part of the device and are used to safely transfer data between systems, including those in air-gapped environments. Access to the protected partition is possible through custom software that decrypts the content based on a user-provided password. One such software is utetris.exe, which is bundled on an unencrypted part of the USB drive. So basically... Uh, the group, uh, this particular group, whatever it is, has infiltrated the supply chain of USB drives with a secure section and placed backdoors that allow them into it. There's actually a quote here that says, this is from Kaspersky. <laughs> okay. The attack compromises sophisticated comprises sophisticated tools and techniques, including virtualization-based software obfuscation for malware components, low-level communication with the US drive using direct SCIC, which SCSI commands self-replication through connected to secure USB drives, blah, 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 whatever. Um, so, you know, this is, be careful about the USB drives you're using. This is, again, this happening in the Asia Pacific region. It's a matter of time before it makes it over here to this side of the world. Uh, you can quote me on that now and you can applaud me later. All right. Uh, this was a big one over the weekend. Uh, this is from wired.com. Andrew Coates is reporting the 23andMe user data link may be far worse than believed. That's never a good headline if you're a company. Uh, with the, okay, why are we talking about that? Uh, 
Okay, this is talking about her, her, his. Okay, here it is. Okay, sorry. They started. His headline was on 23andMe, but he starts off with an Israeli Hamas war thing. Okay, 23andMe Data Week may be a million times worse, million times worse than to believe. Well, that's really bad. A recent theft of user data from genetics testing giant 23andMe may be more expansive than previously thought. On October 6th, the company confirmed a trove of user data had been stolen from its website, including names, years of birth, general descriptions of genetic data. The data related to hundreds of thousands of users of Chinese descent and primarily targeted uh, Ashkenazi Jews. This week, a hacker claiming to have post stolen the data posted millions of more records for sale on the platform breach forums on the platform breach forums. This is reported by TechCrunch. This time, the hacker claimed the records pertain to people from the United Kingdom, including the wealthiest people living in the U.S. and Western Europe on a list. So if you remember, October 6th was the Ashkenazi Jew release, and now we have even more. So now, according to 23andMe, its systems were not breached. Instead, the data theft was likely due to people reusing passwords on their 23andMe accounts that were exposed in past breaches. Okay, perhaps, but still not good. So you should, if, if 23andMe was smart, they would have mandated enforced multi-factor authentication. Clearly they didn't, so they're still got to rely. The lawsuits from this are going to be interesting, if not expansive. So hear, we will hear more about this in the days and weeks to come. All right, this is, I'm going to not make it to one of my own, never mind, this is my last article. And this is a lesson to be learned by everybody. Cyberdefensemagazine.com, Emily Phelps reporting. Uh, and it, the title is, uh, that is not the right title. Um, basically, they're talking about uh, cyber attack shutters five Illinois healthcare facilities. Facilities. St. Mary's Health of Illinois was forced to shut down two hospitals and three clinics almost two years after struggling to recover from a prolonged ransomware attack in 2021. Even veteran cybersecurity experts accustomed to, to troubling breach and impact news took note. The attack had persistent impacts. It kept the debt network down for three months, prevented them from billing insurers, Medicare and Medicaid for months afterwards. So this, there's a lot more in this article. I highly recommend you read it, but I'm running real short on time. So I just want to make the point here that this is the byproduct of poor cybersecurity leadership, poor cybersecurity practices, and not investing in cybersecurity to start with. The loss to this company was much greater than the cost it would have been to implement a couple different cybersecurity things, better leadership, a strategic look, or a strategic plan on how to deal with cybersecurity and the like, and probably a really good um, cybersecurity awareness program, even more so a role-based cybersecurity awareness program, which nobody really doing, which I mentioned, if you didn't hear my Friday um, op-ed, it had to do with that. So go back and listen to that. If you didn't, I actually, I apologize. I had a mistake on the Friday podcast. It didn't, it, the initial download um, was missing a couple minutes. So I, re, I fixed that. So you can go back and get the whole thing on role-based cybersecurity awareness training. But anywho, that being said, that this is a lesson to be learned for everybody else about the impact cybersecurity or cybercrime, cyber matters, ransomware, business email, compromise, pick, pick a problem can have on small, small entities. So, you know, find ways to protect yourself because as I like to say, knowledge is protection. The more you can understand the threats targeting you, you can assess your risk, proceed wisely. I greatly apologize. I am way over on time today, but there was a lot that happened over the weekend. So, I uh, um, with that, if you have thoughts, comments, questions, I know the first thought or comment is going to be, stop talking so much. These are going too long. I promise I will not go longer tomorrow. So with that, I hope you enjoy the rest of your Monday. Join me again tomorrow morning because the cybercrime and the cyber news never stops. Cyber Smart Morning News is written and produced by CyberGuy Productions. 
Feel free to email thoughts, comments, or suggestions to Darren at thecyberguy.com or follow Darren on LinkedIn at linkedin.com slash in slash Darren Mott. Thanks for listening.